Welcome to the Awareness in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Angela McMillan. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land I stand on today, the Ghana people. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Let's have some fun together. I would love to welcome you to our community, the Movement Online Academy. An extraordinary life starts with your own well-being. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the podcast, Awareness in Motion. How are you today? Um, all right. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation, Angela. I'm glad to have the opportunity to, to chat. Yeah. Yeah. And unlike many of my other guests that are anywhere else in the world, you're only down the road in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Almost neighbours. Yeah. Here in yeah. Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a short eight-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm in the Melbourne, city of Melbourne, in the right in the CBD. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get you on the podcast and talk about your journey to Feldenkrais and mm-hmm. the intricate details of how you became a Feldenkrais practitioner. <laughs> okay. Well, slide. Go back to the start. So, yeah, so nowadays okay. I am a Feldenkrais. So, I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner. I, I teach uh, classes and workshops and one to one sessions and so on. And, um, um, but it really, the roots of that go back to my childhood. When I was a child, I began doing massage on um, members of my family as just something. Um, well, no sort of conscious reason. I just something I was playing around with and was fun to do. And then um, family members started to find that I was um, a nice resource to have and uh, uh, would appreciate the, the my little, kids? little. What's that? Can you teach my kids? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's surprising. Kids um, uh, can be good at massage. My my kids. Um, I remember my daughter Clara. She gave me a massage, and and she just she just muck around and play, and and it was like I thought you're giving me a better massage than professional massages I've had. <laughs> but so anyway, it, with that attitude of just playing around, so I was doing that um, through my childhood, uh, and so really right from the start, I had you know I was getting experience and using my hands. Um, that sort of faded out as I grew up, became adolescent, and uh, wanted to leave silly childish things behind and um, uh, went to uni and um, at uni I was studying life sciences. I was doing physics, chemistry, biology, human anatomy, physiology, embryology. Um, And then I did a sort of strange sort of sideways step into doing an arts degree and ended up graduating with an arts degree majoring in pure mathematics, strangely enough. Um, And... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had a strange, uh, strange, an adventurous career and a wild career at university. Um, I think I was ma- majoring in revolution. Um, <clears throat> so, um, as a lot of us do. <laughs> yeah, and then um, after that, I don't know. I was doing various things, but I was drawn to I don't know healing and and. Um, uh, so I actually trained in naturopathy. I did a course in naturopathy and acupuncture. Um, mm. So 
it was sort of funny from uh, sort of uh, straight science. I sort of went off into alternative medicine. And um, uh, as part of that, I began to practice as a naturopath, but I also begin to throw in some of my massage things that I already knew how to do. And I'd, well, there, there was a little bit of massage training in the naturopathy course, um, but um, really is more what what I knew how to do from my my experience. And I began to do massage, and I just found I specialised in that. I found I could have a more interesting time and help people better with massage than all the other naturopathy and herbs and minerals and so on. And so yeah. I began to specialise in that. Then people asked to learn about what I was doing, so I began to run little classes in massage and um, uh, that grew, mm-hmm. just sort of I do one class, more people want to do it, do another class and another class, and then people who'd done my first class wanted to learn a bit more, you know, to become more advanced and um, um, mm-hmm. eventually I began to draw in some other teachers, some other resources who could teach um, other aspects. And I set up a training course for training people to be massage therapists. And um, awesome. I, I'd like to say I, I pioneered uh, massage therapist training in, in uh, Australia or certainly in Melbourne. And um, uh, someone labelled me the grandfather of massage in, in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I'm not that old yet. <laughs> um, <Excuse me. laughs> um, so, and um, I was having a, a, a wonderful time uh, and my school grew and became very successful. Um, and um, I was uh, running a whole range of courses in massage, uh, relaxation, massage therapy, sports massage, Oriental massage and uh, remedial massage and so on, and um, developed quite a quite a good training course and and quite a uh, a big school of massage. And at the same time, I was continuing as a practitioner and my own explorations as well. So I was interested. I was sort of trying uh, just any sort of body therapy or movement therapy, anything I could sort of explore. I tried it out. You know, polarity therapy. Um, um, I was doing Aikido and uh, dance and um, uh, Reichian psychotherapy um, re- based on the work of Wilhelm Reich and um, uh, really anything partly for my own benefit I was just doing an exploration to make how I could improve my health and well-being um, but also as a practitioner I was always interested and I was dabbling in all the different things I could do with my hands to help people be mm-hmm. healthy and well mm-hmm. um, and um, so back in 1980, I heard about this workshop was advertised called New Ways to Move, and it was with this um, visiting uh, American uh, practitioner of, the, of this sort of funny-sounding thing called Feldenkrais. So, of course, as part of my explanation, I wanted to try this as well. So I went along yeah. to the, the workshop. And he was pretty impressive and pretty slick. I thought, oh, well, you know, um, what's this going to be like? Because, you know, when um, what's the definition of an expert? An expert is someone from out of town and from the further away they are, the more expert they're meant to be. So this was someone all, right. from, all, all the way from America. So they think, oh, they must be pretty good. But I was sort of sceptical. I thought, well, is this going to be any good or is it just going to be another hyped? You know, I've been to lots of workshops where sometimes you find it's just a lot of hype and not much substance. Mm. Um, Anyway, after some preliminaries, he asked us to lie down and um, uh, 
uh, did some sort of pay attention, notice your contact with the floor and so on. That was that was all right. Um, and then he asked us to do something which I got very annoyed with. He said to, so lying down with the legs long, he said, lengthen your right leg. And I thought that's a bit stupid. And uh, I, because uh, <clears throat> see, the thing is, I'd come to this movement workshop. So I thought, yes. you know, in a movement workshop, you're going to be moving around, you're going to be moving yes. and doing all sorts so. of stuff. And, and we're just lying down virtually doing nothing and then doing this funny sort of length of my leg. So I could sort of, yeah, I could mm. sort of push my leg long and I thought, well, yeah, I can do that. That's not a proper movement, but that seemed to be what he wanted us to do. So anyway, I sort of did that for a bit and still grumbling inside and I'll try this. And and then he said, shorten the leg. And I thought, oh, shorten the leg? Oh, I guess I could just pull my hip back this way. The leg will shorten. And it sort of went on like that, short length leg. And, and gradually a few more, other movements built up but it was still sort of and I got you know it was nice after a while just felt nice and relaxed oh this feels good and pleasant and mm. um um but still I just sort of funny little movements no sort of mm. what I was expecting from a movement workshop you know where you I think uh, what you're explaining Ralph is probably a lot of people's first experience with doing <laughs> awareness through movement like <laughs> That's and maybe fine. why a lot of people do one lesson and go, oh, that was, you know, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've, they, a lot of people feel like nothing's happening and not doing anything, you know, because I think they're used to exercise and movement where you do stuff where you really feel it and you feel stress on your system and you feel things stretch and you feel effort mm -hmm. and so on. That, that, you know, you're really moving. But this seemed to be – he kept sort of saying do less. I sort of thought, you know, I want to do more, do – do a proper movement. He used to say minimal, minimal stuff. And I thought, what's the point of this? So anyway, by the end of the lesson, I was feeling nice and relaxed, but still sort of thinking, well, you know, have I wasted my money and my time? But then he asked her to get up. And when I stood up, I go, oh, wow, I now I get it. I feel, because I felt like mm. um, all the building blocks in my body were really nicely stacked up. And I began to walk and I was just flowing and walking beautifully. And I thought, Beautiful. wow, this is amazing. Thus that doing those funny little things, those trivial minimal movements, mm. I feel really different. I feel amazing and feel fantastic. So anyway, I was hooked. Um, yeah. And so I <clears> – <throat> Go on, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think um, because you had already been exploring body work and you could, you knew yourself, you had that experience, whereas people that were just talking about that don't have that um, sensation, those subtle differences that they can detect in their body, they may not have that experience and that's why they think that Feldenkrais is just this weird slow movement on the floor that does nothing. <laughs> Yeah, Do you want to yeah. move to that? Do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, or? that's true because, um, yeah, you're right. I, I, As I said, I've been exploring, so I was into my body. I was really sensing oh. my body and, and um, used to working with my body and my, my being. And I guess people who, are, as a lot of us are in our modern world, our technical world, are out of touch with yeah. body sensation. We tend to be more in our mind and in our eyes and in, in our digital devices and so on so yeah. um it can be at first strange to be asked to sense your body and and you know someone sort of says how do you feel in your body it's like oh i don't know it's just there isn't it <laughs> so yeah. um 
uh, perhaps I'd encourage people who are encountering encountering Feldenkrais for the first time is give it a few goes, and you yes. you start to, to that. <laughs> yeah you start to retrain your um, your brain and your body. And yes, I've experienced that. People come to my classes or, or come for a one to one session, and sort of they go away saying, "Well, you weren't doing anything." <laughs> and but if they stay with it, I remember uh, one woman uh, who was a grandmother who. Uh, her doctor referred her to me um, because he knew, well, he thought that I'd be able to help her. She had back trouble and the main thing she had trouble with was she couldn't bend down and pick up her grandchildren, so she wanted to improve doing that. Um, but she came for a few sessions and was sort of like each time was like, but you're not doing anything, what are you doing? And, and then one day she came back and said, what have you done to me? I'm picking up my grandchildren. My back my back doesn't hurt anymore. Yay. So she she fortunately she did persist for a few sessions and she changed she got better and she was able to do what she wanted to do and she was amazed but she was still like but you weren't doing anything i don't understand <laughs> um and again that's i think people are used to modern exercise gymnastics and phys yeah, ed and yeah. they're, they're used to body therapies where you go crack crunch and and gouge away and so on but Feldenkrais is, is subtle and uh, it's clever. And, and that's what appealed to me because um, back then, as I said, I'd done, uh, explored a lot of sort of uh, therapies and modalities and a lot of them were sort of had a formula, a recipe. You do step A, B, C, D and so on. Yeah. And um, you just do the same thing for everybody. Um, but um, Feldenkrais seemed to be, it was a work smarter, not harder approach. So it appealed to my, I thought, this is intelligent. It's not just learning a formula. And um, exactly. it, invites, yeah. it invites you to be intelligent and invites as a practitioner also as a, a recipient that it's utilising your intelligence um, mm. and you begin to feel, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, Angie, but you begin to yeah. feel like, wow, I'm, I'm really clever <laughs> as I lie on the floor doing these movements and I discover I can do this and I can do this and, oh, I yeah. can change it. I love it when I, I, I'm still now, you know, 23 years on, I still now do a lesson and I go, oh, I've never done that before. What was I doing before I was doing this right now? Like, yeah, the, the, the habits from my dance background always show up. And, mm. yeah, it's very interesting to keep exploring. Mm. <laughs> well, well done. I, I find sometimes um, people from a dance background are the most difficult people to teach. And I don't know if you mm -hmm. were like this initially because I you was. have, <laughs> have some, someone in, in it from a dance class and they, they come into my class and they, with the attitude of, they think I know everything about movement. This guy's that was not teach me very much at all. And um, so, well, initially there is that thing of just can you just slow down, quieten down, and just yeah. do this little movement. And again, they'd be sort of saying, "But what about I'm used to moving? I'm used to I dance yeah. around. I can do." I think it I took me till year two in my Feldenkrais training to actually slow down. My friends would be oh. like, "Angela, you need to slow down." I'm like, "I'm going slow. This is my slow." <laughs> <laughs> So. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, I think I'm still struggling with that to slow down because um, 
that's what we're used to, I suppose, in, in all, just any other modality or exercise form or dance or yoga or whatever, it it's, goes faster. And um, But you need, it's, um, well, as you know, it's, it's a learning method. And when you're learning something new, you need to slow down to figure it out. Um, and um, Absolutely. Mm. I, I've actually, when I'm teaching, I've got to still remind myself of this all the time, to slow down, let people take time to figure it out um, because you have something like turn your head this way now turn your heads the opposite way turn your eyes the opposite way to where you're turning your head and now um, turn your knees the opposite way to your head and um, uh, <laughs> I need to Very allow people, <laughs> it's confusing and allow allow people time to to work those things out mm. um, so going back to where I was there, that was Frank Wildman, um, mm. a, an American Feldenkrais teacher. He was amongst the first group of people to be trained in America by Moshe Feldenkrais, Moshe, the, mm. the founder of the Feldenkrais method. He, Frank Wildman trained in the um, um, San Francisco training. He was a uh, yep. psychologist, I think he had a PhD in psychology and also uh, an enthusiastic dancer of various sorts. And um, yep. he was inspiring because he was, um, he did introduce the, the sort of intellectual fascination with body science and, and the, mm. well, what's now called neuroplasticity. That term wasn't around then back in 1980. And anyway, yeah. I, I was intrigued. So after that weekend, I began to just find everything I could about the method. Um, I got a set of recordings. It was a wonderful set of recordings by Frank Wildman called The Intelligent Body, which had oh. 24 movement lessons. And I worked my way through that and I got hold of the books on Feldenkrais, anything I could read about it. Um, mm. And um, then... Well, there wasn't much in Australia. There weren't any Feldenkrais practitioners in Australia, but eventually, um, well, Frank Wildman was looking to organise a training here and he began to uh, coordinate other people coming out and running workshops here. So I went to all those workshops um, and it was a fascinating time. It was also interesting in my massage work and my massage teaching that the Feldenkrais started to filter into that. So I began to... Um, working with my clients, I'd sort of mix in a bit of um, uh, moving them around in a Feldenkrais sort of way. And I, I remember um, mm. one one client, an elderly woman who was in severe pain with, with uh, arthritis, and she used to love my massages because I would massage her really thoroughly in great detail and, and strongly and, and her arthritis would clear away. The trouble was... It was really hard work. I'd sort of work on her. I'd give her longer sessions and um, yeah. labour it away. Um, but, of course, the trouble is that um, she'd keep coming back with the same problems. I'd have to labour away. But I began to mix in some Feldenkrais and go, oh, that that's what are you doing? That's interesting. And uh, I was sort no. of ro rolling ahead and, and actually found that I could give her a lot of relief, not by this hard work of, gouging way into all the tight spots mm. by, by moving her around and, and getting her to release the muscles. Nice. And stuff. And, um, so uh, anyway, that, that began to influence my um, 
how I was practicing massage, it began to, you know, s sneak in little Feldenkrais tricks into my massage practice, but also began to filter into how I was teaching massage and how I was, I was training my mm. teachers to, uh, I had a sort of team of teachers who were teaching massage as well, and I was training them. And it began to be more, rather than just do the stroke because this is what I tell you to do, I'd sort of say, well, move your hand this way and what's it like try your hand this way and this way yeah. and, and so i'd have people work out the correct massage technique um by that sort of questioning that we do in feldenkrais of try it this way try it this way <clears throat> which way works better for you yeah. um so um but then i there was a um Training started up, advertised to start up in Sydney in September 1986, I think it was, yeah. And right. so I just jumped in. I want, Yes, I want to train to be an actual Feldenkrais practitioner. So I joined that training and we, we went through that training. We were amongst the first group of people to graduate in Australia as Feldenkrais practitioners. Amazing. And, um, I was just yeah. about to say you you kept the revolution going by transferring what you're learning into Feldenkrais into the massage. <laughs> Maybe people were like, hang on, I paid for a massage. What are you doing with me? But <laughs> it was working better, absolutely, you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I did eventually, um, um, well, uh, as I went through my um, Feldenkrais practitioner training, I began to mix in more and I actually reached a point where, well, I um, uh, sort of got almost got rid of all my massage clients. I, I did reach a point where I was uh, decided I'm just doing Feldenkrais practice. So people mm. who ask me for massage, I sort of say, sorry, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm just doing Feldenkrais more. So I did, did lose a lot of clients, but I gained a lot of new clients. And um, I was also... I do I do some Feldenkrais on some people and then I'd reach a point where I didn't know what to do, so I'd fall back and, do, and I'd do some massage techniques. And um, I <laughs> this sort of thing is more applicable to Feldenkrais practitioners about how you learn your yeah. Feldenkrais practice. But eventually I reached a point where I'm not learning anything because each time I reach a point where I don't know what to do, I'm falling back on my old familiar habits of massage. So yeah. I reached a point where I said to myself, I'm not doing any massage, no massage. So um, when I reach a spot in the Feldenkrais session where I don't know what to do, I'll make it up <laughs> or figure it out. I think anyone that, that knows about habits can understand that, that when you are yeah. trying to change a habit, you, there is that period where you keep falling back into the old habit until the new habit becomes more familiar. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, because the old habit is so comfortable and easy. You can just mm -hmm. go straight into that routine. I know how to do that. Um, so anyway, I, I um, and that's when I really started to develop as a Feldenkrais practitioner. When I just decided no more massage. I mean, years later, I just I I would massage techniques would slip back in because once I was really practicing massage, then I mean. As you know, Feldenkrais is very it's it's pragmatic. It's what you use whatever works. So um yeah. even Moshe Feldenkrais himself would sort of do a bit of rolfing on people or something. He'd uh, he yeah. just use whatever whatever worked at the time. So nowadays I, I use a mix of things. Basically I'm doing Feldenkrais, but I'll throw in other techniques, whatever works. Exactly. Um, yeah. 
so that's um so yeah i completed the training in 1990 i began teaching feldenkrais classes in 1988 because when you as you know when you're halfway through your training you're authorized to teach classes so i began teaching classes and well i was really practicing the one-to-one work as well but unofficially sort of saying well i'm just a trainee but here's what i'm doing and um so i've kept going since then i've been um teaching and practicing um for 30 plus years wow Um, and so that training was with frank the one yeah well frank frank wildman was the organizer for the training and um Initially, he was he he wasn't accredited as a trainer himself. I think about mm. halfway through the training, he got his accreditation as a trainer. But there are other sort of teachers who came out from mainly from America, but also from Israel and England. There was Gabi Yaron mm. and uh, Russell Delman and uh, Jerry Carson wow. and um, uh, Mark Reese and uh, so um, uh, Dennis Leary. Just wonderful teachers. Wonderful wow! Teachers. You had so you yeah. had a Smorgasbord of amazing teachers. <laughs> I did indeed. I feel very fortunate. And, and my first trainer as well. I did. I started in the Sydney 2000 training or 99 training. So yes, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, I also did some training with Ruthie Lon and um, amazing. Um, and yeah, and well, anyway, since then there's been various other people have come out to Australia and run advanced trainings for us as practitioners. Um, mm. And it's been, well, I just continue to explore and learn. It's been been wonderful. Amazing. And, and, and also done some, I, I have became an assistant trainer, so I'm accredited to assistant oh, practitioner training programs as well. Hmm. Nice. What a journey. So yeah. that brings us to our guest today. And what does your practice look like now? What are, What are you up to? Well, of course, there's been the whole transition to online and that's been an adventure yeah. for me because I hadn't really, well, like most of us, I hadn't really done that. I mean, I think you were you were leading the, the way there with that. Uh, but, um, you know, when lockdowns happened, um, I um, switched over to teaching online and, and discovered this oh. whole wonderful world of online teaching, which... Um, oh you're helping me learn more about Um, um, but and that's wonderful because I realized in my classes I can reach not just the people in my neighborhood I can reach all around the world so I've been running um, my regular weekly classes are online and I run special workshops and so on from time to time Um, Mm -hmm. and also I'm uh, the other major project we've got is I'm I'm working on a book I've um, I've been (laughs) particularly interested in, in Feldenkrais, uh, focused on the pelvis, um, mm. uh, pelvis, pelvic floor, and, um, uh, well, I, I figure the pelvis is really central to uh, our, our beings as human beings. It's central to movement. Biomechanically, it's central to movement. So yeah. um, just any any significant movement we do, you, you need to involve the pelvis. And if the pelvis coordinates well, then you move really well. Um, and of course, I'm obsessed with that as well. I'm I'm really looking forward to this book coming out when it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I you've been doing. Up, <laughs> oh, yes, indeed, you will. And well, you've been doing pelvic floor courses as well, haven't you? And you recognise yes. yes. the importance pelvis of that. So, and, and I've got a happy mm. hips program as well. Yes, mm. 
Mm, Fascinating. Yeah. Well, as a dancer, um, one of the huge eye-openers for me was my pelvis could actually move, you know, because as a dancer we keep it fixed and we move all our parts uh, around it, whereas, mm. yeah, during my training I had this, yeah, I won't go into it now. You can listen out for another episode where I talk about that. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to that. That will be great. Yeah, yeah so um, and the pelvis, of course, is, is um, well, it it's to do with um, – pregnancy so a new life is cradled in the pelvis and mm. um, of course we excrete through the pelvis and a, a very significant thing is our sexuality uh, um, mm. uh, much of our sexuality is, is uh, happens through the pelvis of, of course they say the most significant sexual organ is the brain and you could say sexuality is what we think and our whole being but the mechanics of it, a lot of it has to do with the pelvis. So um, I've been running workshops and courses um, focusing on the pelvis, and then from that I've written a book. So I've really taken the workshops and made them into a book, and um, the book is called Your 14-Day Pelvis Program, and it's a set of, well, you can see 14 lessons. You do a lesson each day, 14 Feldenkrais lessons for the pelvis and pelvic floor. And um, that's written, and I'm just in the stages of organising the um, uh, illustrations. And the um, now I've just figured out, um, as I talked with you the other day, about creating recordings of the lessons that people could Great. scan a QR code in the book and listen to a recording of me teaching the lesson. Mm, so, you're getting so uh, techie. <laughs> I'm getting so techie, and you're you're been helping a lot with that. Awesome. I think we uh, the book launch would deserves a whole nother podcast episode where we can actually okay. dive deeper into this hot topic. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, Ralph, you are inside the Movement Online Academy. So anyone listening and you want to ask questions of Ralph, you can come into the Academy. I'll link the show notes below and when you type at, you can start typing Ralph's name and you can actually tag him in the post inside. Ralph shares yeah. workshops and lessons in the academy as well, so you can mm. check out what he does. And I think mm. you're even going to share your um, your free free gift. Your, that, that's right. Your <laughs> <laughs> My freebie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a, a nice freebie I've got which is called No More Neck Pain, which is a guide mm. to... Um, how you can uh, make your neck nice and free. And, um, yeah, that's in the Movement Online Academy. And, well, also um, I'll link it in the show notes so people can just grab grab it from below um, the podcast if they're listening right now. Good, so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and happy to talk and chat with people through Movement Online Academy. Yeah, that's why we've created it. So we can have these uh, conversations with each other and explore Feldenkrais and somatic movement and, you know, I'm open to other well-being um, practices as well. But at the moment, it's mostly around Feldenkrais and somatic movement practices. So, Ralph, where can people find you? Um, My website is the the movingmindcenter.com and um, I'm also on Facebook as The Moving Mind and on YouTube, Ralph Haddon, The Moving Mind. And, um, you know, if you go to the Movement Online Academy, all those links are there. Well. Yeah, so in the academy, you can just go to Ralph's profile and he'll have all his links. I'll link him in the show notes as well so you can easily follow up Ralph and hunt down his book when it gets launched. I think we're going to do a little book launch in the academy, aren't we? 
Ah, uh, yes, I good. hope so. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any um, anything you want to share with the listeners before we jump off? Um, I don't know. I think I've said all. Just thank you very much, Angela, for making this possible and uh, really delighted. I, I love this work, the Feldenkrais work, and so it's uh, I love have the opportunity to share it and um, hope I can um, uh, share it some more with people. Yeah, me too. That's why mm. we've got the Academy and mm. I just love helping practitioners bring their business online and I'm excited for um, where you're heading with what you're doing online. Thanks, mm. Ralph. Okay, thank you. Thanks.